0: Hello and welcome to the Mother's Empowerment Podcast. I'm your host, Isabel Bridges, and here on this show, we dive deep into all things mothering, sistering, and humaning. Because the roles that you play are something you learned, not who you are. Let's begin. Hi, and welcome back to the show. I'm Isabel, and I'm here today with Samantha Moe, a longtime friend who I met in Idaho, actually, at an Ayurvedic retreat. So I'm really excited to have you on the show today, Samantha. And Thank you. We're going to be talking about identity in motherhood, and I know how important this topic is to moms because I am someone who kind of lost herself in her identity as a mom and really over-identified as mom and lost all the other parts of who I am. So we're going to dive right in. Before we do, Samantha, will you introduce yourself to the community and tell them a little bit about who you are.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, thank you for having me. I live in Minnesota with my husband and our three and a half year old child. So I'm a a wife and a mom and a business owner. I'm a certified parenting coach. um, And my family of origin, there are seven of us. So two parents and I have four siblings. So, oh, I love this conversation about identity and motherhood. Oftentimes, as a parenting coach, I get to talk to a lot of moms and caregivers about their identity and tactics to create peace at home. And what's juicy about this conversation is that you and I get to talk about some of our own identity as parents and not just like the professional lens. Yes, exactly.
0: Okay. So, now my first question that I ask all my guests is what does empowerment mean to you?
1: Mm, I love it. I have this big ampersand symbol at home. So ampersand is the and sign on your keyboard. Mm -hmm. And my sister bought it for me years ago, probably 15 years ago, when I had started, I'd left my original career of being a speech language pathologist and autism specialist, and um, became certified as a parenting coach and life coach because I had this heart for kids early on in my career. And as I was working with kids who were having some challenging behaviors, my heart expanded to really support and serve parents. And I remember kind of wrestling with this idea, but wait a minute, aren't I supposed to do this? I have a master's degree and I committed my career to this. And my sister said, yeah, but just like you've learned in coaching, you're a person of and. You want to help parents and you want to help kids. You want to uh, be a competitive rower and you want to have like a really rich family uh, environment. So to me, empowerment means, and it means having the things that feel good in different categories of life. So we have gifts that we want to use in the world. And we see that our children have gifts and we want to elicit those and have thriving relationship so empowerment to me is the and
0: Hmm. not the but (laughs) yeah I love it I love it so how does the and say what's the what what is it called again the ampersand 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 um what is that how does that apply to identity inside of motherhood
1: yeah, well, you know, if we start looking at i'm gonna I'm gonna kind of dance here personally and professionally, okay. So inside of motherhood, what does the and look like? I first think about how we might choose to parent and what are the values that we have for our children. I'm pretty crunchy. I like simplicity. We have limited screen time and sweets in our home. We spend a lot of time in nature. And when I think about the identity of motherhood, because I have a lot of background and understanding child development, and then I have these personal values of mine, I feel like the and is creating a situation where my child is thriving, and myself and my husband are thriving as well.
0: Is that always the case? Or have you reached a point where everyone is like at this balanced, harmonious state? <laughs> moments. <laughs>
1: yeah. 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 It's moments of it. It's like balancing uh, what I know about kids needing to feel empowered. Like how do we play with them in a way where we're not coming in and turning on our like entertainment face and high affect and energize them and come up with silly things but realizing like well that's exhausting and so how do we meet this need of playing with children so that they feel empowered and they have a voice and they get to boss us around in their in this like play setting but also like all of the burden and all of the pressure and all of like the creation energy isn't on us
0: and want to ask how <laughs> tell me how yeah.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, whenever... uh, Yeah, when I think about play, um, when I was working with kids... So I became a mother when I was 38 years old. Some people like to have labels around that, such as um, geriatric. (laughs) I had a a healthy pregnancy, a a conception and pregnancy. And uh, when I was not a mom and I was working with kids for 8 and 10 hours a day one of the things that I understood was in that a child's natural interests is their best vehicle for growth. So for example, if I was playing with an eight-year-old who had a hard time communicating and they would act out their feelings rather than talk it out because they didn't have the words to express themselves, if they loved something like Thomas the train engine, I used to think that I had to uh, create this really big environment of of the train tracks, and what is the Thomas the train engine going to do? And what are his friends going to say next? But when I learn from a play therapy perspective, that really, their interest is the vehicle for growth. So if I can engage in something more parallel and save my breath, like if the child is running the train track up or the train up the wall, and just humming, I can do parallel play and something like that. And I'll have to try to rack my brain on what exactly should I do next? So being with kids and following their lead empowers them and subconsciously teaches your interests matter. And I can trust development and child development to know that being with you and creating space for you to be you without me having to push my 50 50 introverted, extroverted edge. Like I didn't have to push my, the extroverted edge too far to like do the best by a child. We could just have time together in a really genuine way.
0: Mm-hmm. And the authenticity that the child is able to feel, like it's okay for me to be fully me in this moment.
1: Mm-hmm. My,
0: my parent or caregiver doesn't need me to be any different than I am.
1: Mm-hmm. Exactly.
0: That's so beautiful, and that really parallels the work I do with women and mothers. Kind of, um yeah. It, I hold the space for them so that they we we also do parallel play. They're mm-hmm. doing. And we're together, we're doing our own things, but together, and they can be as messy or as overwhelmed as they need to be so that they can experience the fullness of whatever the moment is bringing up.
1: Yeah, that's right. That's right. And I mean, when we're talking about mothering and empowerment, in this age where there's so much comparison from something like a social media platform, where you get it in a snap because you're seeing pictures. I think that when it comes to empowerment, it's important to always address where we might feel really bright and shiny, right? Like I love the type of simple play that we do in our family and there's moments that are really hard. So when we can also parent in community and talk about where it's messy and where you stomped away or you chucked something across the room or where you're feeling lonely. Like that's empowerment too to have that full range, like you're saying, for us being moms or for the kids getting to be themselves. Mm-hmm.
0: Let's talk a little bit more about that, the the full range. What do you yeah, what do you what what comes up for you when you think about that full range?
1: Yeah, I mean, I'll talk about a conversation I had just a few days ago with a close friend of mine uh, here in Minnesota. It's known as the land of ten thousand lakes. So we were going for a walk around the lake, and then we ducked into a, a little diner for some some tea and lunch afterwards. And um, you know, it's so easy for us to talk about as entrepreneurs, the two of us. We were talking about the things that are going well and the impact that we're having on our communities and how much that matters to us, but. The other thing that's happening in my personal life is I've dealt with some autoimmune systems. This is so you and I met at an Ayurveda health retreat, mm-hmm. which I had signed up for this community because of some autoimmune struggles that I had have been going through over the last 15 years that hit really suddenly. I was in my 20s. Um, I was curled up on my couch in the fetal position, and I needed to move home from where I took my first job in California, back to Minnesota to live near my parents to be taken care of as a 20 something year old. And as I have restored a lot of health over the years, but still keep niggling at like what's going on with digestion and fatigue in the afternoons. And, you know, sometimes we're doing like hormone panels and blood testing and all of this, this stuff to figure out what's going on internally. I started an immunotherapy process with a holistic practitioner who identified what some blood work wasn't showing up, uh, which is uh, symptoms of Lyme's disease and chronic inflammation. And this affects your gut and your energy and all of that. And so as we're talking about the impact of that, we're each having in the world. um, She asked a question about like, and how are you feeling? Hmm. And it's such an important question for moms to ask moms. Or sisters to ask sisters, girlfriends to ask, you know, like, how are you feeling? And the tears just started rolling down my face because she asked me the right question about the thing that I don't always present with on the surface.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I was talking about, you know, the the illness of Limes itself is like a low vibrational illness, like the microbe or the parasite or the virus or whatever. I don't even know what it what it would be classified as. But it's a lower vibrational bug inside of my system. And I was feeling lonely. And I just said, you know, I'm really in touch with this feeling of loneliness. No matter that in 10 years, I've worked with nearly a thousand diverse families. No matter I'm certifying professionals to become parent educators and coaches. No matter I have social time in a really supportive family environment, like I'm feeling really lonely. So I think that going deep and asking the right questions for each other is also really empowering. Mm
0: -hmm. And being around other women who aren't afraid of your feelings too, sounds Mm
1: -hmm. like. That's that's right. And she's a mental health practitioner Mm -hmm. and does uh, guided experiences with people and is a somatics practitioner, really an expert in it. And... I think the tears probably flowed down my face for three or four minutes and she just sat there, eyes across the table on me. I'm like, oh, no squirming out of this one, just holding that space.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I just want to take that in, the gratitude that I have for the chosen sisters in my life that can hold that space for me too. And acknowledging that not everyone has that. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and we think about like what's one of the phrases um it takes a village to raise a child right and we think about the child inside of us when my um child is screaming because he's hungry and he didn't get great sleep last night and I'm trying to make breakfast and knowing that we're trying to get out the door in the next however many you know whatever that next time period is knowing that the frustration that i had as a kid with repressed feelings or not being attended to like all of that's going to be present in the moment when my when my kiddo is having big feelings as well Mm
0: -hmm. yeah and it really does take a village I noticed that sometimes the village comes from the inside too so we can cultivate like village mates on the inside um this month which is February inside of my membership we're invoking the shining inner sister, which is this part of us who can come up and forward to support those other parts, which when they're lonely, when they're overwhelmed or sad, Um, I'd love to hear your take on how we can uh, be resourceful from the inside out.
1: Yeah, it's such a good question. I think we all operate Differently, of course, right? Like I am somebody who likes to hire body workers. Mm -hmm. And so for years in my 30s, I did a lot of journaling and setting intentions and uh, meditating and going to yoga classes. And then I started finding really cool healers around me who would do like Mayan abdominal massage and different types of... uh, Currently, I'm doing something called harmonic egg, which is like this big wooden shaped egg covered like made out of um, a certain type of a wood and they there's lights and there's sound therapy and you go in there with intentions of are you opening your heart are you feeling grounded in your root chakra and so for self-talk I find that it's easier for me to understand where some of my some of my blockages or my self-sabotage comes in because of really wise healers That I'm working with that process alongside me. And I think back to um, when my child was uh, under the age of six months, and I was feeling really triggered by around the clock crying and some difficulty with his own digestion and feeling grounded. And and the way that I've said it to healers is like, it seems like my child at times is having a hard time letting my love in, like I'm coming in Super loving, super present, um, at the expense of some of my own wants and needs, which is which is um, part of attachment parenting in those early years, in months especially, where you're creating a space for them. And I remember um, having a body work session, and she was like, "So you're trying to help your child feel safe, and for your child to feel heard, and how are you feeling when you're bouncing on the ball and he's crying nonstop?" And I'm like, "I'm afraid." And whatever it was, I was afraid of, right? So for those of us who had kiddos with birth trauma or a hard time with latching or weight gain, like was part of our story, the thing I was afraid of was life or death. It was like contentment. It was health. It was uh, survival. And so the tears kept triggering that in me, like the baby cries kept triggering that in me, like this fear of survival. Even though we were moving our way past those early scary months, and after a bodywork session, she was like, "Well, you're safe." And she's like, "What did you? What did your? Um, what was your nickname as a kid?" And I said, "Sammy." And so, on the bodywork table, this healer was humming and singing, and she's like, "Sammy, Sammy, look like at this playful tone. Like, come back. You're safe. You're safe." And because she like sang over me in that way and called that childhood part of me that didn't feel safe to the surface, I was able to link that with bouncing my child on the ball. Soon thereafter, where I'm like, "Oh, here I'm shushing." I'm not sure sh- I didn't do shushing actually. I was doing humming with my child because, I, like, I didn't shush. I didn't want to shush the noise. I didn't want to shush the tears away from him, but I wanted to help soothe him. And so, as I'm humming to him. I heard in my voice, like, Sammy, you're safe. Don't just tell your kid you're safe, but tell your inner child you're safe too.
0: And then, so this thing about safety, what else makes you feel safe? Like what else made you feel safe?
1: Yeah, well, you and I were talking about um, letting like that radiance come out of you and how do we do self-talk in this month of February and having self-love and self-acceptance. So for me, it's the it's noticing what am I teaching my child, what's important to me, and am I using those same words and speaking them into my heart?
0: Yeah. And what it sounds like to me that I'm also hearing is, can your inner child be open to your love too? Can you let that? Ooh.
1: Mm-hmm. That's it. That's it. I, I suspect that Lyme's disease has been in my family gen- for generations. We are living in Minnesota. There's a lot of deer ticks around here. We spend a lot of time outside, and it's been an interesting exploration for me to understand. So, if I'm feeling sick inside with this, you know, my immune system's struggling to deal with the load that the the Lyme's disease has brought into my life. It also quite quietens me quiets me it quiets me i can't always go out and be a go-getter like i like to be as a type a personality sometimes um or i'm an enneagram two helper so i can't always like go out and help people if i'm um, having phases of fatigue um and so i forgot where we were going with that i forgot what your original question was
0: Well, my question was about, is your inner child, can your inner child receive the love?
1: That's right. That's right. That's right. So in exploring some of the ways that illness might manifest in our bodies or in our mentality, um, it felt like Lyme's disease was a way for me to get quiet and realize the women who came before me and my family. And um, were they allowed to shine? Were they, did they have the energy to really like, be out there and accomplish the dreams that they had in their lives. And once I began exploring that, I started understanding that it feels safe to speak to what's happening inside. It feels safe to share where we're vulnerable or where we're not feeling well.
0: I just want to take a little break here to let you know about our February theme in the Mother's Empowerment Sisterhood. This month, we are diving into the concept of self love. I cannot think of a more important topic during these somewhat challenging times. I would love to invite you to join us. You can learn more and join at isabelbridges.com forward slash membership. I look forward to seeing you there. Okay, back to the show this is really up for me. And just to circle back around to identity, are we, is it safe to be me? Is it safe Mm. to show this aspect of me? Cause we're not the same. Like every moment we're, we're changing and we're Mm. um, one consistent thing we can count on is change. Right.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Um, But is it okay for me to just show up as myself?
1: Yeah, I mean, that, that to me is that ampersand symbol, like, can you be who you were up until now, and have the flexibility and permission to step into what's important to you now as we're mining the gems of who we are deep inside and uncovering that. I mean, that's the question and the permission and the journey.
0: And I, um, for me, my honest answer would be with some people I can sometimes and with some people I can't ever, um, and they're still in my life and, but I, there is a very protective, um, there's a wall when I'm around certain people. Um, and that's me being authentic in that relationship, um, but it's not the same in all of my relationships. So this is where we, our identities, can also be fluid, and we don't, we're not the same person in every situation.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean that's how we are when we're thinking about ourselves and as individuals in our own standing, like on our on our feet, like in our bodies. And it's the it's the question and the conversation about parenting as well when you're. A mom, you know my um, my curriculum is is the Mad to Glad blueprint. Yeah. And there's a local, there's a statewide behavioral and mental health agency that I signed a partnership agreement with last year, so that the families that they're working with, they work with ten thousand families a year, and they wanted to license my curriculum so that therapists on site can guide families. We're going to translate my material into some other languages. So that they can guide families with other cultural backgrounds and contexts through ways of creating positive connection and peace at home. And so, some of um, this process for understanding how we parent if we have uh, different identities, cultural backgrounds, religious backgrounds, financial, educational, um, you know, gender or sex, family circumstances, all of these identities. Influence how we show up in any given moment, and in parenting, this has been such a fascinating exploration for me personally the last six months partnering with this agency, because there are some families where it makes sense to do something like I was saying, like follow your child's lead in play, and there are other families when asked the question of um, who was allowed to play given your personal background, and some families are like the elders are not allowed to play. And so this is an interesting concept for me to be exploring versus some other individuals will say, the elders are the ones who play. So I need to make my way to that status.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: then, then I'll be able to play. So who do we get to be as parents um, around our family members in public versus behind closed doors? And, and I think that's a fun exploration.
0: Oh, my goodness. This is so interesting. Um, In my family of origin, my dad got to play. So the men got to play and the women. I saw the women doing a lot of the child care um and a lot of the house stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, while the dad went off and literally played and had fun and went and traveled. So it's interesting how those things be- begin to like stick to us, too. And
1: mm-hmm. we- yeah yeah and so who do we get to who do we get to be who who can I feel safe when I'm um you know my family knows me as being uh, pretty earthy so and I don't respond to text messages <laughs> typically I might not even see it for a couple of days and like I'm allowed to have that identity in in the personal realm but then when it comes to the professional realm, like that doesn't work there needs to be a faster turnaround with something like emails or voicemail messages. And I don't know that um, it feels kind of like an idealistic consideration to think that we might be able to be safe everywhere, or like there should be a a medal of achievement, maybe not achievement, but like, Oh, I, I'm doing the right thing if I get to be myself in all contexts. And I, I don't know that any human gets to live without Code switching or masking parts of who we are, depending on the setting that we're in.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, a little bit of normalizing around that masking piece. Mm -hmm. Wrong or bad. Mm -hmm.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: Tell us a little bit more about the mad to glad.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I had uh, started my career as an autism specialist and what it means to be a speech language pathologist and specializing in autism is that the goals we were we were working on with kids are like breaking down social skills so here's how you have a conversation and like cut pieces of the paper and make it look like a sandwich and like the top piece of the bread is the greeting so when you're talking to somebody you use a greeting and then the inside of the you know the lettuce and the turkey is like ask them a question and then comment and respond, you know, what was your favorite animal at the zoo? And then comment, here's the lettuce. This is my favorite. And then at the very end, like a little piece of bread paper, now do your, uh, your closing. It was nice talking to you. And so after working with kids and breaking down social skills for years, one of um, my stumbling points was understanding how do I navigate these moments where kids are melting down, where, they're like literally on the floor at my feet, screaming those things. You never want to hear a child scream at you in public. You know what that's like as a parent. Yeah. <laughs> um, and like, how do I break this down into steps so that there's fewer moments where this child is mad for their own well-being? And there's fewer, moment, fewer moments where I'm feeling mad, wondering like, am I in the wrong line of work? Mm-hmm. Or again, as parents, we think that like, did I... I don't think I knew what I was signing up for when I actually signed up for this. Can I do this forever? Like we have those moments of doubt and confusion and self-questioning. And so um, Mad to Glad Blueprint, the curriculum that I created, answers the question, what are we missing with kids when they're having really challenging behaviors? What is it that they need to help their brain feel calm and safe. And I call this calming fire in the brain. Like what are the step-by-step tactics that we can use as parents to calm that fire in the brain so that they can feel safe? Because from there, self-regulation and self-control can begin to have some neural pathways or some skills shaped around that. And so it's eight pillars that I teach parents and certify professionals in to give us some pre-escalation strategies so yeah. that there's more listening and positive relationship and development in children.
0: And it's coming up? Is this a... Uh, yeah. Anything?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I run a cohort. Um, it's an eight-week parenting series. I run it every March and October. And so at the time of this airing, airing we're, we're right around the corner of having a community of parents learning some tactics together and then getting some personalized coaching where we get to listen in on each other. Like, all right, so what do you do with your eight year old when you're having a hard time getting out the door? And then we figure out like, and how do we apply that to a four year old who might have a certain diagnosis or um, the child who has anxiety and it's not that um, they're externalizing behavior, but they're going inward and ending up in tears. And we'll have
0: a link to that in the show notes So for, like, for any mom who is going, who is parenting um, and having some struggles.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's right. That's right. And
0: wants community around it.
1: That's right. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. We're going to slowly taper towards our closing. Samantha, yes. is there anything you want to say before we end?
1: Yeah, um, in thinking about all of the moms in your community, I was thinking about my mom and my mom is still alive. And I um, remember um, these moments early in my career when kids were having meltdowns. I remember going into my office and putting my head in my hands and turning the light off and like, oh, kind of having that doubt. Did I really sign up for this? I liked um, John Lennon and the Beatles. All you need is love. Yeah, and I was like, I mean, my mom really demonstrated that and raised us five kids plus five daycare kids. And one moment when I was really wrestling with myself at my desk with my head in my hands, I heard my mom, Cheryl's voice in my head, answer my doubt. Um, her voice said, Samantha, every child has gifts, and you can learn to draw them out. And it was interesting because that's where some of my happiness and feeling unconditionally loved. Uh, Stemmed from was the way that my mom communicated with me, teaching me in the years right before puberty hit and before I kind of like leaned out and got to upgrade into my teenage sister's uh, skinny jeans and things like that. I remember conversations over the stove when we were preparing supper for the whole family where. She's like, you know, you're loved just the way you are, and you have gifts. And some of these things that you're worrying about, I hear it. If you need an action plan around it, we'll talk about it. But like you have gifts and you are loved. And so, professionally, when I have had those wrestling moments, I've heard her voice in my head that every child has gifts. And I kind of want to leave that with the moms in your community because I think we all benefit from words. Of an unconditionally loving mother, whether we need that now as grown-ups, or we needed that when we were kids, or we need that reminder and model as we're raising our own children, is to remember that as you are, you have gifts and your child has gifts, and taking care of yourself as a mom is ha is like one of the one of the gifts that you can also give to your child.
0: Mm-hmm. So, so beautiful. I'm just, I want to pause there. Sacred pause. That's so, so important. Mm. Okay. Now my last question, what's the next empowering action you'd like to invite our listeners to take?
1: Yeah. You know, I created this free parents workbook called how to make it better. And sometimes in parenting, it can feel a little bit mm, like we do a lot of research, right? We all look online at parenting tips and we're reading books and, we're all kind of known for i think parents are really devoted like we're known for talking to the school teacher on how to make life better for our kid or talking to a medical professional and if you have a kiddo who's having a hard time with something or you're feeling like you're struggling as a mom the the workbook that i created is filled with reflection questions to give you a sense of uh, what would be a starting point for you to make things better at your in your home is it something related to play is it something related to calming the fire in your child's brain or calming your own fire before even attempting to influence your child's behavior and mood? Uh, or is it even something more like, you know, I feel like I'm getting walked all over and I need some positive discipline and some boundaries. The How to Make It Better workbook has reflection questions to give you a starting point. And so we'll put a link to that so that you can tend to that in your own private and tender space if you feel like you're looking for a starting point to move things in a more positive direction in your family.
0: Wonderful. Thank you so much for that. Thank you for being here with me today. Thank you too. To our
1: next conversation. Yeah, thank you. Take care. Bye. Bye. You've
0: been listening to the Mother's Empowerment Podcast. That's all for today, my friends. And here's what I want you to remember. Empowerment is an inside job. The only one who can empower you is you. Today's episode was produced by Brendan Lindsay. Intro and outro music are by Matthew Randolph. I'm Isabel Bridges, author of Daddy Daughter Day. I'm also the founder of the Mother's Empowerment Sisterhood. You can learn more about my work and join the sisterhood at isabelbridges.com. And pst, I'm offering a 50% off discount for a limited time only. So check it out today, isabelbridges.com.